Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to We Chat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Jillian Abbey, author, storyteller, podcast, and podcaster and advocate for the LGBTQ community. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to dive into this topic. So are we. So our topic and our episode today is all about financial challenges in divorce when coming out. In this episode, we will discuss how to ease the divorce process when coming out of a same-sex marriage. But first, let's meet Jillian. Jillian has mastered reinvention through her life to create the most whole and satisfying journey. Her memoir, Perfectly Queer, was selected as a global contest winner by Hay House Publishing and has been published in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Perfectly Queer hit number one on Amazon's list of new releases for LGBTQ biographies and memoirs and was featured by Good Morning America on their list of 15 delightful books, perfect for spring reading. And I guess any season of reading, right, Jillian? Exactly. (laughs) Jillian serves on the board of several nonprofits and offers support sessions for people in their coming out journey. Jillian lives in Tampa Bay with her partner, Jen, and their children, Sophie and Ollie, and a rescue pet named Poe. Love that. How did Poe get its name? So when we adopted the cat, its name was Sue. And I just don't think Sue is a a great cat name. And so we actually, my daughter uh, renamed the cat Rosie. And how it went from Rosie to, I think, Rose Poe, and now we have Poe. So anyways, I wish there was a story that made sense, but I don't know. The cat is now Poe, and that's what she responds to. I love that. <laughs> the evolution. Of exactly. Name. Right. I evolve, our cat evolves. It's a thing. That's perfect. So speaking of evolving, Jillian, why don't we start out with um, hearing a little bit about your story, your coming out story? Sure. So my book is called Perfectly Queer. And that is a nod to the fact that I am a recovering perfectionist um, and perfectionism played a big role in my life and wanting to be the perfect daughter, the perfect uh, student, the perfect employee, the perfect friend, and how I tried to make myself into the perfect person that I thought all of those people wanted me to be. Um, And then queer is the fact that I came out as a lesbian at 38 years old in a craniosacral therapy session, which is a type of um, a type of body work that also works with our emotions and memories and how we store those in the body. Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not at all what I was expecting. Nobody would have planned that that this was the life path, but writing my memoir was really exciting and also very therapeutic because it allowed me to kind of deep dive back into so many things that happened during my life 
where I wondered, how did I get here? Why did it take so long to come out? Why did it take so long to figure this out? And there are a lot of layers that we put on ourselves and that societal stories um, that we tell ourselves that I had to work through so I could finally reach a place where I could love and accept myself fully and, and lean into my queerness and realize that my queerness is actually what makes the most perfect life for me. So was it your fear then over the years of just not being perfect that it took you so long to that, come out? That was a large part of it. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, I recall having a conversation with one of my parents and they said, well, I would never want a gay child. Life would just be harder. And their intent at the time was not to say, you know, I'm anti-LGBTQ, but it was the realization that life is harder for LGBTQ people. Not because it's hard to be queer, but because there are a lot of things in our society, which we'll get into today, talking about the financial aspect of that. Um, there are an additional layer of challenges that the community faces. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that along the way. And then also, I always felt kind of an, an emptiness inside of me. And so I considered myself a seeker. And I was always looking for, well, what is the piece that will fill that emptiness that I'm missing? And so I started um, in my career as a certified public accountant. And mm -hmm. then a few years later, switched and became a licensed massage therapist. Wow. And, then, and then switched again and became a homeschooling mom and a craft beer bar owner um, and now into writing. So I think I'll probably join the circus next. I think that's the next <laughs> natural progression. Um, but really, uh, the career changes and the life changes that I make and I discuss throughout the story were my attempt to redefine myself and fill that emptiness in my life. And I wanted to do it in any way possible, except um, leaning into the queer identity. That was my biggest fear. That was the label that I tried so hard to not attach to myself because of internalized biases that I carried. But wow, does it feel good to just live fully into who I am and who I was created to be. And you are enough, right? So that oh, yeah. is so fabulous that you got to that point and you were able to take be have all the courage to do that. So yes, let's dive into this topic because I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you identified that you were queer and so you had, you went through that process. So when did that interplay with your marriage? And then how did your marriage then evolve into a divorce? So um, July 3rd is my self-love anniversary. Um, that's the date that I came out in the therapy session. And the benefit to that is when I came out, I didn't have um, another person that I was interested in, in dating at the time. It wasn't like I had fallen for someone um, and then wanted to leave my marriage to start over. And I, you know, no, no judgment on that. That's just not how my story was. I just knew that this was who I was. And so what I had was the gift of time and being able to decide mm -hmm. when I wanted to come out and how I wanted to come out. And even if I wanted to come out to my spouse and the reason why I'm especially grateful that we can have this conversation today is because I was in a good marriage he was a great man. We were great friends. And I don't think we always have a lot of discussion about 
when what happens when you have to divorce and 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 it is a good relationship or it's a good marriage there's a different kind of um of judgment and and almost stigma that comes along with that too of like you had a good thing and you're giving it all up for what mm-hmm. so it took me a while to noodle through that in in my brain and get comfortable with the idea that that I needed to come out to him. And um, when I did, divorce was actually not our first discussion. We tried to figure out a lot of different ways that maybe we could maintain our relationship while still allowing me to lean into my queerness. But a lot of those options were very short-sighted. And so when we looked at things in the long term and we looked at the fact that, okay, we're both 38 years old, do we want to live the rest of our lives like college roommates or, mm-hmm. um, or do we both deserve the chance to find a love that is fully reciprocated? We decided that divorce was the best option for us. Did you have children? Two children. Uh, they were okay. six and nine years old at the time. Um, and when we told them that we were going to get a divorce, we also explained the reason why and the fact that I was coming out and, um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how do you explain that to a six and nine-year-old? They don't understand the concept of sex, but really my identity is not about um, a sexual act. It's about who I love and who my attraction is to. And, and you know, babies from in utero understand love. We explained that and it seemed to make sense to them. And my daughter said, wait, does this mean I could have three moms? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I guess so. And she was like, that's awesome. So... Yeah. Unless they're nagging like me. Right. <laughs> Three people to say, go clean your room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three people to check in with all the time. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here in awe, just thinking the story and the difficulty it must have, you must have had. And listen, I've heard this story before, um, just with a personal friend of mine um, on the other side. Her husband ended up being gay. Mm. And there's such a huge community because she volunteers. And so we get a lot of phone calls from them. Um, it's, it's bigger than anyone thinks. Yeah. And so we're really thankful for you to be vulnerable and be on this podcast and share it with our community um, and help us understand the financial difficulties there and how we can, how our process in itself, because it is a judge. I say this all the time. It's a judgment free space. And this is even for people who are not coming out or have it, you know, they're just husband and wife and that's who they are, the traditional family if that's even a word anymore, I don't even know, but it's judgment free because financial inequality is rampant and there's no place for people to go just to get information when you're preparing for divorce without making decisions to change an investment or to um, make any changes before understanding. So we're really um, happy to share this with the audience. Um, It's probably um, after the question of uh, how did you know you were gay, the second question I get from um, mostly women who are coming out later in life is how did you afford to come out? Because again, I was a stay-at-home, between all my careers, I was also a stay-at-home mom and a homeschooling mom. And, you know, and we ran a small business together. So and that was my only source of income at the time. And so to know that getting divorced, um, that 
we probably wouldn't be able to run our small business together and peacefully co-parent. I knew I would have to find a completely new source of income. Um, I had not, uh, because I didn't work in the traditional workforce, I hadn't been paying into social security. I didn't have health insurance and I had a large gap in my work history so to re-enter the traditional workforce, I, you know, and sometimes I felt like I was, I don't know, a kind of like a dinosaur that hatched late, like Google Docs and like, a, how do I, how do I create a slide? We call it slide decks now. It's not PowerPoint anymore. Okay. Um, there was a big learning curve there as well. Um, and then I learned things like, and I'm glad we're having this conversation now in June, not only is it Pride Month, but um, June 15th is LGBTQ plus equal pay day. And so for for anyone who's not familiar with Equal Pay Day, it's basically the amount of time that a person has to work uh, in addition to one calendar year to equal what a heterosexual cisgender white male would make in one year. And so for LGBTQ people, that's an entire half year extra that on average we need to work to, to make what other men are making in the workforce. And over time, that gap uh, creates big inequalities and big differences. And then you add to it that women make less than men in the workforce, and then people of color make less. There can be a lot of uh, financial disparity and discrepancy. So we didn't have the honor of helping you through your divorce process, but when you went through that process, was that considered? Um, my biggest fear actually was that I would encounter, um, a judge that had homophobia, uh, that, that might, that he might look at our divorce plan and say, this is all your fault. And I think too, in divorce, there's the tendency to want to assign blame of who did this, who caused the problem, and then you should pay more or you, you deserve less. And in our situation, you know, my, my heart broke for my ex-husband because this was not his plan at all. Um, he thought that I was his forever person. Um, so it was, it was hard to say like, well, yes, I understand I'm the catalyst and the instigator in this situation. And at the same time, I didn't choose this either. This is not an easy road to take. We were lucky that, uh, we were able to go through the process with a lawyer friend of ours who kind of mediated the situation instead. And he sat us down and had very real conversations about what was probably the most equitable way to divide up our assets um, in our life going forward. And so we both came to an agreement that we were comfortable with. And fortunately, the benefit of going through a divorce during COVID was that uh, it was a Zoom meeting and it lasted about five minutes. <laughs> so the fears that I had built up didn't actually play out, but uh, it, it is the reality for some people that they could get in front of a judge who says, well, why should you have your children this much? Why should you receive this much in child support or alimony? Um, any other reason. Well, a really important point that you're bringing up and what I would like to elaborate on, I'm sure Karen will add into this as well, is is exactly why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Our divorce preparation platform is based on data. Mm -hmm. And although your emotions will get heard throughout the process, because there isn't a dollar value that can be accounted for emotionally, 
but we turn all the facts into data. We turn all the emotion into data. And that's what a decision should be based on. You could both be behind closed doors with your faces covered, and it doesn't matter what you look like, who you identify yourself as, or what the reasoning was for anything yeah. to choose to get divorced. It's your right to choose to get divorced. And although it's hurtful for all parties involved, even the one deciding it, it's still an option. But you need to know what you have, what you need, and what are your options. And then where you need to compromise, because no matter what everybody says, somebody has to, you both have to compromise, I should say, in divorce, right? Nobody, if you both leave a little unhappy, then that's a good, that's a good decision, right? So, so that's why I think it's really important on how you start the process. And you can go through the emotional part, but you really need to make your decisions based on the data. And that's what the divorce financial portrait is designed for. I love that. I mean, that again, I think there's so much fear in the divorce process. There's so much fear in the coming out process. And people have a lot of financial fears and baggage. And sometimes the desire is to want to run in the opposite direction from it. And so I love that you're providing a space where people can lean, you know, headfirst into kind of what they're afraid of and, and, mm-hmm. and turn it into hard data and information. But I love the fact that you mentioned emotions too, because one friend said to me, at the very beginning of our process, he said, consider your emotional capital throughout this process. So while you're fighting over who gets a coffee maker, who gets a piece of artwork, take a step back, forget about this stuff and, and just check in with yourself emotionally and say, is this really like, am I getting caught up in the drama and the fear of things? Or am I doing what I need to, to protect my mental and emotional health as well? You know, you think about the stuff, right? And if, if you could sit back right now, you know, I lost my mom a little over a year ago, maybe it's even a little longer, a year and a half now, and all the stuff that she had, and she was a very organized person. We didn't really want a lot of that. And I think about my children now, they want even less of that stuff. It's all about the experience of life, right? Um, so yeah, to fight over that stuff, it's just your way of getting emotions out. And so if you can have a process like ours and work through your emotions as you're working on the data at the same time, it allows you that time to heal from that emotional part and make a really smart financial decision, which is what's going to help you move on with your life. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jillian, if I may, in what state did you get divorced in? Uh, we got divorced in Florida. Florida. Yep. Okay. All right. So that just helps me have a frame of reference because I think your fears and your vulnerability were real. And a lot of people come to us with all kinds of fears and vulnerabilities that, and I just was on a conversation yesterday where um, a spouse was saying, you know, I homeschooled, will that be looked at as a job by the judge? And everyone goes to the judge, right? They, they, Everything they say in their mind is judge centric. And, you know, I said, well, I don't know how they're going to look at it. But at the end of the day, this is this was your lifestyle. And this is where you are at the table right now. And so it's not about qualifying anything. It's about the divorce transaction. Also understanding while taking into consideration, as you and Catherine have made very um obvious here that the emotions do matter because it allows you then to kind of segment out the transaction piece of it. But I think it's very important. A lot of people, it sounds like you had a very good experience with your attorney friend 
a lot of people, and I've had some experiences in my own life of people coming out and then it's immediately a war, right? Because the spouse that's being left feels abandoned. And so then all of a sudden they're panicked, they're vulnerable. And so then they go hire attorneys and it's just an all out war. However, if you find an attorney, to your point, Jillian, who understands and will advocate that you couldn't, like it wasn't something you could change. It wasn't an intentional decision of yours. That's very important. And so choosing your advocate, choosing your representation and understanding the facts and preparing is super important because then it allows you to process the information from a, from a pragmatic way and not feeling like you have to justify everything, right. Um, right? And so I think there are a lot of attorneys out there who are able to do that, but it's important that you know what you have first. For most people, again, you had a really good experience, but a lot of people do not, and then they get stuck and back on their heels because they don't feel that advocacy. And then their head's always going to, well, what's the judge going to say? The judge is only going to react to your attorney's representation and advocacy for you. So that's a really important piece. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. And also I'm glad that you brought up that it is a lot of stories we tell ourselves. I had never been to court before. I'd never been in front of a judge. I had never even worked with an attorney before. This was my first experience of having to go through it. And so all I knew was what I had seen from Judge Judy on TV or, or different other, you know, crime dramas. I think we, we paint a lot of images or we, we go to the worst case scenario of what could possibly happen. And I, so it is so helpful to have people in the know to say, actually, they don't care. Like, this is not a factor that you even need to consider Um, But also I wanted to point out, this is why it's so helpful and important that businesses who are either part of the LGBTQ community or are allies of the community signal that they are. Because for me, I had the additional layer and fear of trying to vet out professionals to work with and not know if, you know, they have their professional duty, but are you going to treat me like an equal human being? Are you going to have kindness and respect and, and, and really that's why it's so important that, you know, I know people get upset by rainbow capitalism right now and how every business goes rainbow for the month of June. But for me, it's businesses signaling that you're safe with us. And I think that's a really important piece as well. Well, I think the way to only guarantee your safety, and I'm going to say this because attorneys sometimes promise you something that they don't do. And I've seen it so many times and I'm not afraid to say that. But the only way to guarantee your own safety and security is to have the financial knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because if you go into an attorney or any other business that say they support you and make it safe for you, if you have the knowledge, they have no other option than to be an advocate for you. Mm -hmm. Because nobody can tell you what to do if you're informed. You'll make your own decision. They can tell you what the consequences to any of those things. But if you're informed, I promise you, you'll sit there much straighter much stronger and the tears will be a lot less when it comes to advocating for yourself. 
and you'll be able to walk out of any business who doesn't support you or any attorney who doesn't support you because there's 10,000 more that you can go choose from. Um, but advocate for yourself by getting the financial clarity. And again, that's why we set up our platform uh, because it shows you your journey. You're going through this journey to gather your information because I can imagine if you're coming out and you're scared and you're not financially confident, it's going to take that much longer. I remember starting the company because when I went through my divorce 12 years ago, I'm, I'm an accountant by trade. I'm a financial planner. Now I'm a CDFA. So for me, my money story is quite confident. I have no fear with a number. You could tell me a penny. You could tell me $10 million. My face will never change, right? But I thought if I was scared going through the process, how many women out there are so scared that they can't make a financial decision? But then to now fast forward and sit here and listen to you for the last half hour, I put myself in your shoes and say, oh my gosh, if I had to come out and then I had to go make financial decisions and I had to go pick somebody who I could feel that I could be vulnerable enough to and then trust in that person. If you're listening, that is a daunting way to approach your day. So if you know, if you could back up and you can read your book, somebody could read your book or reach out to you for those services, show us that book. That's that's so great. Um, and then come to a platform where it's safe for you to get some financial information. It's safe for you to ask questions. There's no dumb question when it comes to finances and divorce with us um, or get some additional resources. I hope it makes your day a little bit brighter today if you're listening. Absolutely. It's a great, it's a great resource. And as you said, with coming out, it's not just, hey, all I'm gay now. Um, it coming out impacted every aspect of my life, my employment, my marital status, housing, uh, my children, their education, our friend circle, our family group. There is a lot to work through. So to know that you have people and resources out there that have your back and can help educate you is hugely important because I also felt incredibly powerless in the coming out process. And again, that was another story I was telling myself. There was a lot that was actually within my control. I just had to choose to take control of it and connect myself with people who could help and ask for help. It's hard to ask for help. So um, it's great to have another resource out there. Yeah. So in your specific situation, were there some financial challenges that you didn't anticipate um, because I hear you say, and we hear a lot of couples say, you know, we're amicable, we've got this covered, and they go into it, you know, we've got this, but then they find out there's a lot of hiccups along the way that they didn't anticipate. Were there some with you as well? Oh, I'm laughing now because, um, yes, we're actually going through a hiccup related to our, you know, and our, our divorce was a few years ago. And we almost went through it a little too amicably, if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, we were a little kind of loosey-goosey with things and like, we'll figure this out or, or we're good with this, we're good with that. Uh, one example being um, our house that we lived in. We didn't want to sell the house at the time and try and look for new housing. Um, we're in Tampa. It was during COVID. There was a real housing shortage. Um, and we wanted to provide as much stability for our children as possible. And so we said, okay, well, uh, 
which one of us who should stay in the house, which what makes the most sense. And I have the majority of custody and time with the children. Um, so we decided that I would stay in the house and we would have the kids and that he would still own half of the house and would contribute where we needed to make upgrades. Catherine, you're like, oh no, I see how this is playing out. No. My gosh, I have this conversation. I feel like almost weekly with people. <laughs> Let me tell you the cons of this. Let me be your devil's advocate. Yes. Here. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm exhibit A over here. Yeah. Um, and, but the reality was too, is you know, there are people say, well, why didn't you refinance the house and just get in your name? Well, I had no employment history to do that. And that was not something that I had considered. Um, and I went from owning our small business to opening up a new small business as a copywriter. So again, to the variability of being self-employed and having limited employment history, I had the benefit that I had a college degree and, um, so I was pretty confident that if I needed to step into another job or career, I could, but I didn't have the gift of time at that point of, of established work history and established income to, to just be able to claim the house as my own um, or even, you know, provide that to uh, a rental or a renter to say, yes, I am confident that I can pay my monthly rent here. There, there are a lot of different things like that along the way where we tried to do what we thought was the best thing at the time and we thought we would figure it out, but there is resentment that builds over time. Now I have a book that comes out that made the Good Morning America list and um, which fun fact, uh, author is not the fast road to financial success. It's <laughs> yes. a wonderful thing to do, but unless you're Stephen King or Glennon Doyle, um, oh, it's, goodness. Yeah. it's not going to pay all the bills. Um, so I think it's a, a challenge that since our divorce, I have incrementally been doing better and better for myself. Um, and I'm finally getting to a place where I feel financially that I can stand on my own two feet. And at the same time, when, you know, regardless of the direction his career path takes, I can't control that. And so when unfortunate things happen, you know, I feel terrible if he's not celebrating in the same successes that I am. And then it's like, but I still need you to pay child support or, you know, yeah. It's tricky. It's messy. Yeah. And Jillian, I'm so glad we brought up this topic because people don't understand that mediators, and I think that's a place your attorney was sitting, mm -hmm. can't really get into the space of the what ifs a lot. Well, first of all, they, they may not know financially because they're not financially trained. But second of all, you know, their goal is to get you to a settlement. And if both of you feel pretty good about it, who are they to get into the middle of it, right? So we um, encounter this a lot where people are just like you. They just want the best. They, they just want the best for their kids. And they don't really look forward. But if you just take time to prepare and one of the uh, tools in our financial portrait is considerations and recommendations so that if a spouse is staying in the house, these are the things you should consider. These are the things you should talk about with your mediator, with your attorney, and draw a line under it because these are the financial risks you're encountering if you do this. Mm -hmm. And so to that point, 
I'm sure you would have benefited and your entire family would have benefited. And so I'm glad you you brought that up because there are, I think a lot of families in 2023 really want to be as um, less adversarial as possible when divorcing for a variety of reasons, um, including coming out, but it still doesn't negate the importance of being clear and knowing what the impact is to you and the children moving forward, right? Because, you know, that piece of it will ever, will forever be there. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you got to clean up all those, uh, financial intertwining pieces that uh, really do need to be separated out clearly because divorce is hard enough um, in our situation, ending, ending a relationship and still trying to peacefully co-parent and start life over that every little thread that still connected us, especially in the financial realm, it's like that created additional stress over time that we didn't, have to go through. And now we're in the process of, you know, untangling the knots that are still left. You know, I'm dying to look at your agreement. Oh, no. I think it's it's written in crayon. Yeah, this is the part I like. But, you know, it's really important to know that you're still being amicable if you're covering the bases. So if you're coming out and you feel the stress of that, and if you were the stay-at-home mom and you were not the financial independent one during your relationship, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take away your right to have financial clarity. And I don't care what anybody else says. If you could just walk away with that today, it doesn't matter. Find strength in finding yourself. I love the gift of time. Our process gives you that time. Some some spouse may be up here ready to move forward and the other one might be here. You know, our process gives you that equilibrium that we need to balance you through the process um, so that you can hear, you know, the what ifs, like in your agreement to avoid them. Now you're backtracking, right? Which is really hard hard to move forward but could you flash that book up there again for us since I don't have one? Oh, I love it love it we should get this on our community as well Catherine yeah we should yeah, yeah. buy that book yes yeah. <laughs> Amazon Barnes and Noble or any independent bookstore can order it or you can even request it from your library I that's oh, pretty perfect. cool yes yeah. that's really cool you absolutely So this concludes this episode on financial challenges and divorce when coming out. And Jillian, if you can just share with our listeners how they can find you and learn more about you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, So my website is queerabby.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jillian Abbey Author or on my wildly wacky TikTok site at Ask Queer Abbey. (laughs) Love that. That's great. Great. You're the best. Go on that. Yeah. yeah. If we can ever do anything with you and your community, you let us know. Wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks so much for a fantastic conversation, Jillian. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit mydivorcesolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's mydivorcesolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. 
Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to mydivorcesolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.